we'll just continue a couple of ideas based on what we started yesterday to get the Olam Vaita in the Sugi of the Heilige Brochus. Such a beautiful Sugi. You're going to see it's such a beautiful Sugi. There's so much that is going to be Nagaya on every single day of your lives. Shailas that we're dealing with, of the things in Shein. Now, just a couple of ideas, modic ideas. Ash, you're going to love this one. This is, this is Mamish Kabaldic. It's up your street, this one. Okay? First of all, a couple of, a couple of things. There's a Gemara in Brochus, the Gemara says, La Hashem Ho'oretz Umloya. But then the Gemara says, hold on a minute, but it says, Ho'oretz Nasanid Neodom. Is it for the Rabbi Nishaloylam? Or is it for us human beings? Zuk the Gemara like Hasha. And it all depends. Is it before the bracha was made or after the bracha was made? If it's before the bracha was made, Mori, it belongs to the Rabbi Shalom. If it's after the bracha was made, it belongs to us. And that's again vita a to what we said yesterday that when a person makes a bracha, he, so to speak, has asked permission from the Rabbi Shalom to eat that food, and the Rabbi Shalom grants that permission that now you can eat that food. But before you have that food, and before you make that brocha, you're not able to eat it. It doesn't belong to you, it belongs to the Rabbani So in order to, so to speak, ask permission, and get that permission, you have to make a brocha. The Rabbani B'chaya brings down that a brocha is to be made the hashgacha of the Rabbani Shalom. The Rabbani gives us food to sustain us, and if a person doesn't make a brocha on an item of food, he has stolen that hashgacha, that gavaldigeidus, which is a terrible, terrible thing. In fact, the Avud Ram brings down that every single bracha contains basically the same formula. Baruch Ata Hashem. Listen, David? Baruch Ata Hashem. That means, says the Avud Ram, how he explains Pshat in the bracha, in the words, Baruch Ata Hashem, is that the Rabbi Yishram is the source of all bracha in our lives. Baruch Ata Hashem. Rabbi Yishram, you are the source of all bracha. So every bracha that we have in our lives, that we experience in our lives, all comes from the Rabboni Shalom. We have to realize and acknowledge that the Rabboni Shalom is the ultimate source of everything and the provider of the entire world. Like we said yesterday, Sha'akol, Niyeh Bidvore. In fact, they bring down as well that the very act of saying a bracha is a source for the bracha for the person that says it. For example, the word Baruch. Don't this one's for you. The word Baruch is base Reish Chof. The gematria of base is 2, the gematria of Reish is 200, and Chof is 20. Each of these letters has a 2 in its numer- numerical place, which means the resulting in the number 222. The number represents an increase, a heightening in holiness. And therefore, when a bracha is made on something, we have elevated that item in a very spiritual manner. Again, as we explained yesterday from the story from the Kedushas Levi. Now, before we get into the actual shailas of brachas and all sorts of things that could come out through brachas, I want to explain, just for today, and then tomorrow we're going to start, is where does that bracha come from? Right? It's important to understand. Where's the chiva bracha? Is it the race? Is it the rabbonon? So from the Torah, the Gemara brachas from Dalad and Dalad tells us very clearly, the real source of making a bracha is really benching. Okay, there's also brachas Torah, but at least a brachas anen, and for, for eating purposes, there is benching, or chaltova savata ubeirachta, that when a person eats and he is satisfied, he will then make a bracha. So that is a doraisa. That means benching is a doraisa. Came along Chazal and said, hold on a minute. 
Not only should a person make a brocha when he eats and he's satisfied, he's full. Geschmack, what a steak, that was gewaldic. Now I can go along and thank Hashem. Says the Gemara, we should now make a brocha before we eat. That's not in the Torah. The Torah doesn't say that. It says, Achalta v'savata u'beirachta. That's at the end. Then comes along the Gemara. Again, brochas memdalad, you look it up. And the Gemara brings in Daflam and Hay two reasons. Anybody know the two reasons? Why do we make a bracha before we eat? The Torah says to make a bracha after we eat. Huh? Way too early in the morning for this, eh? Way too early. Time, no? Yeah? Shlaima, no? What? There are two reasons. Why do we have? Ah! Baruch Hashem. Gavaldik, Sri's here. Baruch Hashem. Now we can start. Okay? Why do we have a bracha before we eat? Does anybody know? Because we do this quite a few times during the day. Right, Nochi? Make a bracha before we eat, right? So, why? Imagine someone went over to you. Ah, you're a yeshiva bracha. Could you tell me why you make a bracha before you had a licorice? Uh, what? Is there thinking that there is a licorice? Thinking that there is? Because yeah. it's not our licorice. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Stealing, stealing, stealing. Yeah. stealing if not. Very nice. Very nice. You listen to yesterday, she? Yeah, Avada. The Gemara says that. So, two reasons. Number one is the Kalvachoyma. Says the Gemara. If you make a bracha afterwards, so Avada, you're going to make a bracha before. Right? comes along Tosfus. Okay, we're not going to go into now the whole sugya. Tosfus said it's not a real kavuchomer because if it was a real kavuchomer, it'd be the racer, and it's not. It's a drabon, right? It's a kavuchomer. If you make it afterwards, you can't have to make the thank you very much for giving me this food before I eat it. That's what the Gemara says. And the other one is, as we said yesterday, it's a svara, and the svara is what, baby? What's the svara? The svara is we said yesterday. How can a person have had noah from this world without? Saying thank you without asking wishes, without thanking the Rabbi Nishlolem. Okay? That's as far as the second reason the Gemara brings why we make a bracha with Shaina. Okay? So it's a very, very important thing. Where get that from? get that from Of course it comes from benching. The Makor is benching in the Torah. The Gemara said from there we have two reasons to make a bracha also before. That's a Durabonon. So all the brachas they're making before eating is a Durabonon. Okay? But remember, we always say the Klal, right? We never said it by brachas. We normally say it by Shabbos, right? Right? We say it by Shabbos normally. Ah, it's only a Durabonon. It's only a Chas V'Sholem. Says the Orach HaSholchan. A person says, eh, it's a Durabonon. Don't mix of him to a minion. Only a Durabonon. Chas V'Sholem. Ah. Okay, but so there are two Esberim in the Rishonim. A Ged of a Bracha. Okay? Again, this is just, this is basics. This is stuff you guys probably learned when you were like five years old. I'm just giving, going over what you learned when you were five years old. Right, Oli? Yeah? Push your stuff. Two Hezbeirim in the Gedda of a Bracha. Okay? Number one. Rashi. Brochas. Laman Hay. Omer Aleph. Says, When a person is Nana, Tzorach Lahoydois. Push it. You have to have a daughter to the person that created it. To the Rabbani Shalom. As I state in Rashi. That's what we're doing. We make a Bracha. You're, you're being Nana. You're having Hanor. You're enjoying food. You have to make a Bracha. Because that is called giving Haidah to the Rabbanisham who created it. The other thing is, is Natilas Rishus. Is you're asking Rishus from the Rabbanisham to make a bracha because, it, because the item of food belongs to him. So the question is, very simple, what's the Olam's kasha at this moment of time? What's the Olam's kasha? No, Zechariah, what's the Olam's kasha right now? If all we're doing when we're making a bracha is asking Rishus from the Rabbanisham and being Haidah, thank you, what's the kasha? No, speak. Come and say it. I know you want to say. It. Don't want to in front of everyone. It's fine. No, 
No. That's a good question, by the way. It's a good question. What happens if it's no good? We'll have to talk about that. Rabbi Menachem, what's the kasha? The posh the kasha. Mori, what's the kasha? There should be one bracha on everything. Right? You, you don't want to say it. There should be one bracha. You said that? No. Afterwards, that's a posh the Torah. That we have a chalta of the bracha. We have to do that. But what, it should be one bracha. There should be one bracha, right, Rafal, on everything. Why? Because all I'm doing is saying thank you and asking permission. So let's do one. I'll be mechaya that though. One bracha on anything. It wouldn't be like, uh, what bracha do you make on this? <laughs> you know, in the olden days, they used to do this by, by a shidduch date. Right? It's, it's slightly changed now. What a shidduch date used to look like and what it does nowadays. Just a little, just slightly. But what they used to do is they used to bring the chassan into the house. And they would put like foods in front of him. And then they would watch to see what bracha he makes first. And if he knows what bracha to make, and if he knows how to... It was like an instant hair. That's what they used to do. Right? You know, times have changed in such a different way. You know, I, I saw advertised one time, this is probably from America, that a 24-hour cash was hotline. So I figured that's, that's really that's amazing. 24 hours a day, you have a shayla, you came down in the middle of the night to make the baby a bottle, and you by mistake used a, a fleshic spoon or something for the baby bottle. I don't know what to do. Can I give it to the baby? Tint on my leg. She called to 4 o'clock in the morning. I need an answer right now. The baby is crying. That, that's what I thought, right? <laughs> that's not what it is. In case you are so desperate to eat an item of food that you need to wake somebody up at 3.30 in the morning to make sure if it's kosher or not, he'll be available to answer your phone call for you. That's what it is. That's what we've got to at this stage right now. Well, we have to have everything. Right? Say that's a different shoe. It's not for now, right, Morty? Don't get me started on that one. Okay. So, moving on. Too early in the morning. Okay. Couple of alochas, and then we'll finish for today. Just to give you an idea, again, but we'll discuss a lot of brachas in the next couple of months. Let's understand how to make a bracha. So now we know what a bracha, we know where it comes from. How do we make a bracha? So very simple. What's that? Oh, shmiel, gebaldik, bracha Okay, Frank shmiel akasha, why is there only one bracha on everything? We should make one bracha. There is? No. The Kittah Shulchan says, if you don't know your bracha and you learnt Hilchus brachas, then maybe you can make a shakal. Stam because you're bored and you don't know, and you're not amorit because you never started, came to Shea, because you figured, I didn't know brachas, I didn't have to come to Shea. And therefore you say, oh, I can make a shakal. No, it doesn't work that way. Sorry. But maybe after you come to these shiurim every single day and you learn the halachas and you still don't know, I remember in Yeshiva, you probably remember also, we didn't know what bracha to make on certain foods. Russia, we didn't know what it was. Right? You guys don't have this problem, I don't think. Freshly squeezed orange juice is poshut. You know, pancakes, French toast, or eggs, I mean, uh, sunny side up, scrambled. It's poshut what bracha to make, right? Right, David? No. Okay. So let's move on. So, Frank, the, who asked the kasha, by the way? Who asked this kasha about one bracha? The Heilige Balatanya. The Heilige Shulchanacharav. The Balatanya asked the kasha. And you know what he answers? He answers the Gavaldi Gazach. He says we want to give chashivas to the item of food and to the bracha that it should be more specific. Because the more specific something is, the more chashivas it has. For example, shahakal, as was pointed out by the Heiliger Rebbe Frol, can theoretically apply to everything. Hamoit does not. Bayer does not. It's specific. The more specific the bracha, the more chashiv. The bracha, we'll talk about it when we learn simon. 
Reishid Aleph, when we discuss the halachas of Kedima Sabrochas. Okay, Simcha, you with me? One last halacha for today, Rabbi Say. The Gemara Brochas Memzayin Amad Aleph tells us a halacha that everybody knows. The Gemara says, Vela Yisroik Brocham Mipiv. Don't just throw it out your mouth. Don't just throw it out your mouth. Rashi says, Bimeheris, quickly. Shadoimol of Kamasa. It's an oil, it's oh, I have to make a bracha, alright, so I'll make a bracha. Okay, like a three-year-old child. Fine, I'll get undressed. You know, come on, I'll make a bracha if I have to. No, you make it slowly with kavona, like we said last time. It should be loud. The Shulchan Harav, when he talks about this in Bircha Sanenin, he says, she yovin inyan da brocha, she mavorech es Hashem. Val mahu mavorech, valeye levovay poyne lekovadach. Don't think about something else while you make a brocha. You have to understand what are you doing? You're thanking the Rabbi Nishalayim for this specific food that he's giving me at this specific time. The Be'alach and Simon Samach Beis asks the Kasha, does a person have to understand the brocha to be yaitza? And he says, Avadi, even if you don't understand, Avadi, you're yaitza, balachat chila. You should for sure understand the perish amilis, which I'm sure most of us do. Shulchanag brings in that a person should hear the bracha that he makes. And if he does not hear the bracha, meaning it just, he just moved his lips, could be he's not even yaitza. Could be he's not even yaitza. In fact, what happens if a person is at a tish? Or let's say, he's at a baseball game. And it's, it's loud. It's loud. So he makes the bracha. Can he hear it? No. But he made it loud. Is he yaitza? Is the pshat you have to hear it? Or is the pshat that it has to be hearable, just happens to be loud outside? It's not for you. Who's it for? Okay, therefore. Oh, very nice. Come to the and he says, Gavaldi, the bracha is not for me to hear, it, that's hearable, that it's nice enough made for the Rabbi and the Zalman, and the Shevet Alevi, both discusses that you don't actually have to hear it, it has to be hearable. But obviously, if you're not, you're not saying it, and your stomach just mouthing it, that's not a bracha. Mouthing a bracha is not a bracha. Let's say it again. Mouthing a bracha is not a bracha. It has to be said. It has to be hearable. That's what it is. The other halachas as well, which we're not going to spend too much time on now, maybe we'll discuss another time, is that, that the idea is that the food should be in front of you when you make the bracha, to shayla when you make the water fountain. You should press it first to see if it works. It should be in your right hand if you're right-handed. It should be shalem. It should be whole. If you peel it, that's called shalem. If it's cut up, the kapachayim says you should put the pieces together again. But the idea is that it should be shalem. It's a chashiva sabracha. When it's number one in front of you, number two, it's shalem and number three it's ready to eat it's not like you have to open the potato chips and then do it you make the bracha when it's ready and it's the most ready time over there and obviously a person should be dressed respectfully making making a bracha alright Rabbi said tomorrow we're going to start the sugya one after the other of many of the shayas of the brachas have a wonderful and beautiful day